There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we're discussing episode two of season one of The Art. Well, the uh, insanity continues. It was a little stressful. A little stressful. Yes. So I'm, I'm just saying there was a lot of stress happening, <laughs> especially all the way at the end. Yes. And I'm like, what? And they just end it there. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> now, unfortunately, I had to watch it on demand. So I watched it on Peacock. I didn't get to see any previews for next week. And I was like, come on, you right. don't put them on here. I have to watch this. Like, on, I didn't get to watch it live and I don't get a preview and you end it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was very, very stressed out. And I have been like, well, what's happening? Who could it be? What's going on? How does he know? But it was like all this stuff going through my head. So I'm guessing I'm probably not the only one. No, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> so... Before we talk about that and why it was so stressful, why don't you talk about some readings? All right. Episode two brought in a 0.04 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.408 million viewers. So we lost our normal 20% drop from a pilot. I think we're going to get more back. I really do. Uh, Yeah, I do too. So, hey, guess what, Steve? I have a little bit of news about the fangirl zone. All right, let's do it. Yes, so the Fangirl Zone has finally caught up with the world, and we're now on TikTok. Oh, boy. We have zero zero things up there yet, but I finally figured it out. Still haven't figured out everything with the website, but I figured out TikTok, and we are at the Fangirl Zone. So you can always like and follow us over there, and maybe we can post some awesome little snippets of stuff from all of our shows. Yes, like like I said, it took a while because, yes, I'm like so behind everybody else. At least I didn't go back and be like, you know, let's open a MySpace page for fangirls. (laughs) But we're there. So we're expanding our social network. (laughs) I know. So behind the times. But let's talk about stuff that seems to be way ahead of our time, which hopefully it's way, way, way in the future. And we're not worried about something like this right now. Episode two. Like it touched the sun. What was that myth character? Or not myth, mythology yeah. character. I can't think of what what his name was. Icarus. Thank you. At least they didn't name the ship that. So yeah. anyway, like it touched the sun. The crew struggles to establish order. Investigations uncover more questions than answers. Much like our little synopsis, it always uncovers more questions than answers. Yes, this whole series is going to be that way, I'm afraid. Like Agatha Christian space. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, we have a disaster strikes. We open with Lieutenant Spencer and Lieutenant Bryce outside Arc 1 as they survey the damage from whatever struck them. 
Garnett observes while on the ship, and suddenly some debris knocks Lane unconscious while another fragment from the vessel impales Lane and Bryce's surveying partner. Yeah, they never said his name, did they? Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. But I don't remember what it is. Needless to say, this mission is very unsuccessful. Bryce brings Lane in after the incident. Why does it seem like it's just perfect timing that this stuff is happening? Right. It seems a little wonky. Yes, it does. He looks remorseful as he realizes he promised his partner's wife he'd keep the deceased alive. Later, Dr. Kabir tends to Lane's head wound. He has a concussion. Alicia arrives for a checkup. One crew member who's been waiting to be seen by Kabir, along with a slew of other patients, criticizes Alicia regarding her promotion as the new chief of life support. Rumor has it that Alicia killed Jasper Dades to take his place. Really, I don't think now? she'd be able to keep that quiet. No. I mean, we see how much she talked. Yes. Do you think she wouldn't be like, yeah, I went in and totally slid his throat. I, and I cleared all the logs and I did it. No, I don't think. That would be something she can be like, I'm going to do this all stealthy and nobody will know. Right. Well, at least that's what's circulating the rumor mill on the ship. After the crew member backs off, Alicia hashes out these rumors with Kabir. After yelling to Alicia to shut up, Mir admits to Lane that she hasn't slept since they awoke from the cryogenic pod. She's the only doctor to survive the event. Lane orders her to lock the doors to the med bay and get some much-needed shut-eye. Why, again, were all of the essential personnel in the same area? Yeah. Like, spread that out. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Next, Lane departs the med bay. Bryce catches up to him and asks how he's feeling. They reminisce about the crew member they lost while outside the ship. Apparently, Bryce set the gu- this guy up with his wife after our lieutenant dated her first. Well, of course he did. Awkward. Yeah. Apparently not too awkward, though. He was invited to the wedding. He just wasn't yeah. allowed to give a speech. Yeah, couldn't give a speech. So meanwhile, Alicia, who seemed very upset after she left the med bay, running around and runs into Baylor, who now has taken her former position in waste management. It's a bit of heavy flirting, I guess. It was kind of weird. It was very awkward. (laughs) Yes, especially when they're chatting about urine and fecal matter. Baylor wants Alicia to show him the ins and outs of waste management if she's not too busy saving lives or rather supporting them. And she's like, sure. And, you know, I I really hope to rub off on you. And then when she walks away, she's like, what was that? Yeah. (laughs) At least she finally hits the I realize that was super awkward moment. Yes. Like, I was starting to wonder if she was going to hit that anytime soon. (laughs) So we get to see the funeral service being held for Harris and the other crew members who were lost during the oxygen crisis. And the plan is to send their bodies through the airlock and into space. And we see Evo's present. Now, I thought that was kind of a weird moment. Like, why are you doing that? But apparently I'm not the only one. And we'll talk about that in a second. Yes. But everyone is, like, leaving. Nobody's staying for the actual... I guess, goodbyes. Yeah, the actual jettison. Yeah. But before leaving, Eva spits on Malcolm Perry, which catches the eye of Felix, Cat Felix, which, again, thought that was weird. It's like, what? Yeah. But then moments later, we have Angus approach, and he's like, no, don't do it. This is where I was thinking it should have gone in the first place. And, well, Angus is approaching the council, 
asking for the remains to be used as fertilizer, which, you know, kind of gross, but way back to some book I read that was like how to get oxygen into a planet they were trying to colonize, but right. I don't remember because that was like way back in high school, people. Don't ask me the name. But composting the bodies will help keep all of us alive. And Lane immediately denies his request. He's like, nope, jettison them. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I understand. Because again, not exactly the most appealing thought. No. But I mean, right now there's stuff happening like that. Like, again, kind of strange, but you can have yourself put into like a composting pod with a tree and a tree will grow like from your remains. Although I'm just thinking that tree is going to be haunted. But yes. that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but an interesting thought. It's like, well, you know what? There's a lot in them. And why not use what you can? Yep. You're going to have to use everything that you can. Right. And Alicia ends up throwing her support behind Angus because, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, we're full of nutrients, you know, for the plants. Ugh, again. But I get it. And Lane questions why she's even here. Although he didn't just question it. He was all naughty. Yeah. Ugh, very. He needs to be slapped. And you can't blame the concussion. He's just no. got an attitude. No, he definitely has an attitude. <laughs> that's when he learns that Bryce promoted Alicia after the oxygen crisis. And Garnett reminds Lane that... Uh, no unilateral decisions must be made aboard the ship. Remember? It's like, this yes. is your decision, man. Yeah. Everyone on the commanding side must decide matters as one cohesive body. Garnett asks the council to vote, and the decision to compost the body ends up being passed. Lane is outvoted, so he storms out like the adult-sized baby that he is. Yes. And Bryce chases after him. Lane questions why Garnet taking charge. She's never even trained with them. Again, what difference does that make if she never trained with you? Right. She's trained, but they know nothing about her. In fact, Garnett joined the crew mere days before Arc 1 began its voyage. It's like, all right, man, just take a breath. Big deal. Yeah. He is. Everybody is under suspicion. He is quickly becoming my least favorite person. Yes, absolutely. He's the one who's going to end up getting them all killed. Right. So next we see a flashback to a few days before the launch. Lieutenant Commander Susan Ingram introduces the crew to a hologram of the man who designed ARC-1 and the ARC program, William Trust. Anybody with the last name of Trust, I'm not trusting. <laughs> Trust wishes the team well and laments not being with them. However, he's designing you. 20 more ships to transport humanity to a new planet. Well, if those 20 are going to be as poorly engineered as this one is humanity doesn't have a chance no joe rice who's standing next to lane and baylor doesn't believe they should be listening to william trust a man with a god complex who was fired from his job cat as the celebrity face of arc one schmoozes with the press in front of a bevy of cameras ingram introduces lane bryce and baylor to garnett after Garnett departs, Lane asks Ingram why someone's joining their group at the last minute. Ingram claims a higher-up implemented the decision. Now we're back in the land of the present. Bryce agrees with Lane, re the Garnett thing. Pair heading to the same room to sleep. Lane wonders why Bryce is sitting on his bed. Apparently, Garnett claimed the captain's quarters, and only two crew chambers exist. Again, that makes zero sense to me. Yes, I get it. It's like, okay, a bunch of them are going to be in stasis, but then wasn't yeah, it they were going to be woken up like a week weeks. before yeah, or two something? two weeks before. Okay, and then what? Where was everybody going to sleep then? 
Right. You put them all back in their cryo chamber or something. What, yeah. what the heck? And then not just that. All right. If you're going to a new planet, why wouldn't you be using this as like a homestead, basically? Yes. Or is it going to stay in space? I imagine it probably is. But I would still feel like that would be used as like your base and you need more than two rooms. Yes. Something that big. There's two rooms, really. Zero cents made. Yes. Meanwhile, we have a horrible accident happening, which we will talk about. Felix catches Garnett trying to access the keypad by the storage closet where Malcolm died. And Garnett tells Felix that someone erased the log so they can't see who accessed them to murder Malcolm. Felix reminds the lieutenant he's conducting the murder investigation and everyone is a suspect as of now. Something tells me Garnett might be the number one on Felix's suspect list. That's probably not good. Yeah. Then Angus notices a pipe burst in the storage bay. And oh my God, the ship needs that water for the soil and the produce it yields along with surviving. Yes. So he tries to contain the burst and informs Garnett about it. Unfortunately, the precious drinking water is lost. Garnett tries to contact Eva to help them recover the water as best they can. When Eva doesn't respond, Garnett finds her weeping on her bed. She's grieving for her loss. And she almost seemed like catatonic. Yeah. But then she starts responding. So it's like, what is going on here? But Garnett spots Kat, referring to her as Dr. Brandis, and asks her to help Eva. And Kat ends up talking Eva through the grief by asking about Harris. So Lane and Bryce examine the camera footage from the event that jolted them from their cryo sleep. The cameras shut down temporarily when said event transpired, so they have absolutely nothing to study. Very convenient. Yeah, kind of weird. What's going on? Yeah, somebody's covering their track. Felix tells Lane about where he was when Malcolm was murdered. Lane's superior already complex rears its ugly head he believes his outranking felix means he doesn't have to answer the latter's question well that doesn't help you not look suspicious oh my god instantly i'm like don't you want security to find out who did this and why are you trying to make yourself look like number one suspect on the list right now exactly alicia assists angus in the storage bag And Angus finds a knife with a curved blade in the wet soil. That must have been what punctured the pipe. And a few other things. Meanwhile, Eva orders her crew to reclaim the water, pushing past her grief to get shit done. Not healthy, but being in survival mode rarely is. Garnett urges Bryce and Lane to refrain from taking another trip outside to survey the damage from the impact. They're too precious to lose. Angus sits with Felix in the mess hall. He asks if the knife he found was the murder weapon. Felix confirms this before the pair can discuss it further. A few unhappy crew members steal Angus's water and threaten him. This can't be good. No, and it's like, really? So you'd rather get in a fight and have that water fall everywhere? Yeah. Because you want to be a jerk? So Felix steps in and a fight ensues. Garnett also gets involved, kicking the bully's asses and then some. Angus looks utterly smitten with Garnett. <laughs> I love the look <laughs> when she falls on him. And she's like, yeah, thanks. Grabbing his uh, tray. Yeah. Once the assailants are subdued, Garnett, Lane, and Bryce determine how to punish them. They have no means of imprisoning them. Garnett believes their anger is merely a symptom. They must address the root cause. So she tracks down Cat and promotes her to head of shipwide mental health. 
she orders Kat to be the resident therapist for Arc 1. Yeah, apparently she was just like a TV doctor who wrote self-help books. So yeah. It's like, is that an honorary doctor title? That's what I was starting to wonder. Yeah, absolutely it is. Otherwise, Garnett, sure there's a spot for Kat in waste management. So Kat reveals she doled out relationship advice. She's not qualified to be a therapist. However, she does as she is told. And again, when we find out where she ends up going, yes. there are no other rooms on this place? Yeah. What the hell? This is we not see- a small ship. No, and all we're seeing is like three, three spaces. Yeah. Bryce and Lane disregard Garnett's warning and, well, they go and resume the outside mission. Ah, sure, nothing bad could happen from this. No. This time, Bryce goes it alone. Bryce discovers a diamond-like substance in the gaping hole left from the impact. When he touches it and he says something about, oh, I'm going to see if, what, the structural integrity? Right, yeah. yeah. Sure, makes sense. Squeezes it, it dissolves in his hand, and starts to eat away at his glove, exposing his fingertip to the spatial elements. Yeah, brilliant. At least this time, Lane's like, hurry back! What was it, like, tighten the wrist and just get back here? Yeah. So he's zipping back and coming in hot, as he said. Well, he could very well be coming in frozen, for all we know. Yeah. And Lane ends up pressurizing the cabin, and Bryce removes what's left of his glove. Which wasn't much. No, and at least he had the presence of mind to be like, stay back. We don't know if there's any more of this. Right. So at least that's smart. But Dr. Kabir fixes his hand up and assures the lieutenant the skin will grow back. Didn't look too great, though. No, it didn't. Garnett then storms into the med bay and chastises both men for disregarding her warning. And she's like, if we're fighting amongst ourselves, who's going to listen to us? Like, makes sense. The trio agrees to set aside some sleeping time for at least one shift, designating five hours to get some shut-eye. Oh, that doesn't seem like a lot of time, but yep. better than zero. For once, there's no bickering between the three of them. Who says no to sleep? Well, a toddler, but that's about it. Later, Bryce and Lane head into their room to find Cat making herself at home. Much to Bryce and Lane's dismay, Garnett promised Cat could use that room. For her therapy session. I don't think she actually said that room. I think she just said use a room. Yeah. And she just picked that one. More than likely. But she's more than happy to tend to their needs simultaneously. It's like, all right, you're creeping me out, lady. Yes. <laughs> Thus the boys see to their last minute sleeping arrangement. Bryce is with an on-again, off-again fling, apparently. And Lane is in Angus's bed, who decided he'll go sleep in the storage bay. Uh, in the mud? I mean. Yeah. Garnett lies in bed and stares at a picture of her and a mystery man. I was wondering if that was supposed to be Trust, the guy who did it. But I don't think so. I don't think it looked like him. Okay, I wasn't 100%. But suddenly we get Eva calling the council together for an emergency meeting. Maybe they got a few hours sleep? I don't know. Nah, I don't think so. I don't even think they got to sleep before Eva rang the alarm. Eva and her engineering team recovered 62% of the water they lost. Not too bad. She also reclaimed the water from several other sections, including the coolant system. Wait a second. The coolant system? Yeah. Hold on a minute here. She bought them two days drinking water, Mac, which Garnett claims is actually for. Lane can't believe that one damn knife dumped in the water tank killed them all. And that's what got me. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Because <laughs> Felix, bewildered, wonders, how did you know that? Because... I didn't tell anybody where the murder weapon was found or dumped. Yeah. You just 
suddenly hear the dun dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing we know, though, we hear something shut down. As it turns out, Eva shut down the engine coolant system. It was either run the engines and go, well, nowhere, or have a few extra days of drinking water. Okay, that's great, but we're dead in the water right now. Right, you aren't going anywhere. <laughs> so, I don't know if this is good. No. It was very, like I said, dramatic. Mostly with Felix saying about the weapon. It's like, huh, yes. how'd you know that? Yeah, because we sure didn't see him talking to Felix about it any time during the episode. That's for sure. Right. Hmm. This is interesting. Yeah, and we did find out that the only people that had access was the three lieutenants. And one other person. Was it Felix? Yeah, probably. I forget the, what, what she said that quick. Right. But yeah, there was four people who had access. So interesting. Right. All around. Makes me wonder where we're going with this. Yes. Now would be a real good time to uh, either run into an M-class planet or the Vulcans. <laughs> a little crossover there. Yeah, um, just I a little. Mean, really starting to wonder what that stuff is, too. I mean, was that just kind of out there in space or what the heck is that well i think that is probably something that because bryce noticed that this it didn't look like it was an impact because there was a lot of burnt metal so i'm assuming that yeah it was something interior that exploded and when it did it crystallized something inside just so from the i'm immediately thinking it's some kind of sabotage but what if it was something that they were bringing along with them and something went wrong with the sword right so i mean i guess it could go either way but based on the previews that we got after the pilot there's a lot of things that are like hmm yeah that are yeah. coming up absolutely there is i guess we wait and see yep well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platforms you use for your podcast. With good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us, as there are a lot of podcasts out there to search through to find us. Tell your friends and hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcast. You can head over to www.fangirlzone.com and check out our contacts page with all the ways to get a hold of us. Like I said, we're new on TikTok. I have nothing up there yet, but hey, it's coming. And, you know, we want to hear your thoughts. Like, who do you think did it? Or what do you think's happening? Is it a big conspiracy? Shall we pull out our tinfoil hat? I'm ready to talk about all of that. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Steve. I'll do my best to rub off on you. And I'm Sean Fangirl Ass. And until next time. <laughs>